Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a pretty dicey episode of the Weekend Superheroes Podcast. Stop it. Today is Wednesday, June 19, 2019. I'm Sean. Sitting with me today is Pat, Steve, and Darius. How are you guys tonight? Uh, broken. Uh, Sorry about the toe thing. Yeah. I, I pushed a chair right on Pat's toe. I think pushed a chair? You stomped a chair onto his toe. Yeah, it was yeah. like the yeah. WWE type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we got a big episode coming ahead. But, Steve, quickly, who did we talk to last time on our 40th episode? Who did we talk to or who did we get destroyed by in a rap battle? Yeah. That was uh, that was UK legendary rap battler Adam Woolard, better known as Shuffle T. Shuffle he T. shared his secrets writing rap battle materials. And we even had a little battle on the podcast in which he fucking ruined us. He destroyed yeah. us. Yeah. Listen, I still yeah, haven't he, fully recovered from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he, he came with that fire. So much fun. Go I'm back. On like, I'm on like a minus three this whole podcast. Definitely go back and listen to that if you haven't. But today, we're going to talk about a game that has been around since the 70s. It's a game I personally have never actually sat down and played, but I've always found it fascinating. I'm referring to the game called Dungeons and Dragons, commonly abbreviated to D&D. It's commonly recognized as the beginning of modern role-playing games. From what I've learned, D&D is like a love child between role-playing games and, and board games. It's a complex, multiplayer, fantasy, tabletop game that is meant to exercise the imagination. It's oh, wait, we have to exercise? <laughs> Sorry, Pat. <laughs> I'm good. Dust off the old gym membership. <laughs> oh, my toes hurt. I have an excuse for my doctor. <laughs> it's on the IR. Uh, it's pretty structured, but it still has a fair amount of flexibility because each player can sort of make their own decisions as the game moves forward. Now, D&D was originally designed by two guys by the names of Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. It was first published in 1974 by Tactical Study Rules Incorporated. It's a, it was a company that was co-founded by Gygax. Though there have been many additions, versions, and other variations, the heart of the game has remained the same. Now, Pat went ahead and purchased the starter set, so Pat is hoping you, you can give us just a little insight on how this game actually works. Yeah, so the first thing you do is you go on Amazon, and you find the starter set, and you order it for $19.99. Uh, and if you have Prime, <laughs> shipping's free, and you get it in two days. Yeah, Maybe Prime, we can fast forward just a Prime little bit. Oh, a little past great. that. A little past that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to hear what I did in the two days while I was waiting? <laughs> I don't, because okay. this is a... PG-13 kind can of can use their imagination. Yeah, so essentially everyone in the party has a character. Uh, you can either create the character or, for example, in the starter set, it comes with pre-made characters with, you know, they kind of have their own backstory, so uh, different races, abilities, uh, weapons, armor, things like that. And then you have the dungeon master who kind of makes up your adventure. Again, starter kit comes with an ad adventure pre-made, or you can make one from scratch. Uh, and basically, it's just uh, a challenge or something that the, the party goes through. And as you go through, you, you make decisions. And the outcomes of those decisions are dictated by rolls of the dice. Very cool. So I'm staring at like a whole bunch of dice. What are all these dice for? Uh, great question. I've never played either. Um, <laughs> so we're going to find yeah, out. There's, yeah, there's, there's six Sean, different dice. that's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> so what there's a, a, you know, a, they call them D4, D6, D8, D10, D12, and D20. Yeah. As basically uh, the number is the number of sides on the dice. Got it. Okay, we're going to find out. And that, to me, sounds innocent enough, but I'm sure, much like in the bedroom, with the right dungeon master, could actually be a lot of fun. But nothing comes without criticism, especially in the early stages. D&D got a pretty bad rap. At this time, video games were not violent enough for parents to blame, so D&D received pretty negative publicity as it's perceived as practices within Satanism and witchcraft, suicide, pornography, and even murder. Now, sociologists for decades have warned us about the dangers of role-playing games. In a nutshell, 
role-playing pushes the idea of behavior modification. So your normal thought process and moral compass, they go right out the window while you're pretending to be someone else. And for some, it's tough to find their way back to reality. Dr. Thomas Radecki is a psychiatrist who teaches at the University of Illinois Medical School and who is chairman of the National Coalition on Television Violence. He has been studying the game for several years and says there are 28 deaths related to Dungeons and Dragons in the last five years. In some of those, it was clearly the decisive element. In other ones, it was just a major element in the thinking of the people at the time they committed suicide or murder. All right, so what are your guys' thoughts here between, uh, you know, just game violence and, and actual violence? Well, I mean, this is from the era where they were blaming uh, playing records backwards for kids being Satanists they, and things, too. They, they didn't have, uh, like, digital devices, social media. Right, people well were, before that, well before that. Yeah. People are always going to blame something for people doing things. They just don't want to believe that some people are just inherently bad people or there's something not right in their brain. So you think it's bad parenting? It's no, no, I don't I don't wouldn't necessarily say parenting. It's just there's certain people who are going to do bad things no matter what happens and Yeah. So sometimes there's no reason yeah, or nothing if, to blame, but people always want right. to find something. They want to find yeah. something else to pass the blame off on so that they don't have to say, "Oh, people were, you know, people are just bad." They want to say like, "Oh, Mortal Kombat made my kid fucking kill somebody." Yeah. No, Mortal Kombat didn't make a kid do anything. Your kid did it. It's just Maybe they just didn't have enough research back then either as well, too. Right, and then things like the internet. It's yeah. true. And, and I would tend to agree with you guys. Uh, we're from a generation that would sort of roll their eyes at the correlation between game violence and real violence, brushing it off as a coincidence. But I tell you what, these examples aren't without merit. Okay, it's not coincidence, not when you have careful documentation, you have careful notes, you have eyewitnesses. For instance, one case, the parents were actually saw their child summon uh, Dungeons and Dragons demons into his room before he killed himself. Another case, the kid had thought he had the ability to astral travel, coming from the D Dungeons and Dragons game, that he could leave his body and come back. And he had rigged it up just according to the rule book so he could do it. He was surrounded by his materials and put a bullet in his head so he could leave his body, and he's never come back. So that guy was former American psychiatrist Dr. Thomas Radecki. He was known for his controversial views on the portrayal of violence on teenagers. I have to say former because in 2012, he had to surrender his license because he allegedly traded drugs to his patients in exchange for sex. Huh. Wow. Pay no attention to that. Hey, look over here. <laughs> oh, I thought he was changing drugs for games of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> but he had rigged dice. But before he was arrested, he did document hundreds of these murders. Attempted murders, suicides, anything related one way or another to Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Darius, could you actually read a couple from Radecki's list? Yep. June of 1982, Irving Lee Poling, 16, of Montpelier, Virginia, committed suicide by shooting himself in the heart only after after a curse of suicidal mania was placed on him during a D&D game at the school. Yep, there's one. January of 1984, John Witt, 15, of LaPorte, Indiana, murdered his grandmother with his older brother's crossbow. A heavy D&D player, Witt, stated in his confession that he put himself in a game playing neutral moral state as he killed her in the bed. One of Witt's characters favorite weapons in D&D was a crossbow. Right. He went straight up Tyrion yeah, Lannister like, on that guy. And, and let's be real, those are horrible. And Radecki, everyone's favorite sex crime enthusiast, recorded a list of over 130 of those incidents, along with the date and the newspaper in which he found them. In a 60 Minutes interview recorded in 1985, Gary Gygax rebutted, This is make-believe, and nobody's murdered, 
and there's no violence there. I mean, uh, to, to use an analogy with another game, who is bankrupted by losing a game of Monopoly? Nobody is, because the money is make-believe, the property is make-believe, and the bankruptcy is make-believe. And that makes sense, but I feel like comparing Monopoly to D&D is like comparing snowboarding to skiing. Sure, it's on the same platform, but everything, way from, cooler. The, everything from the equipment to the skill set is just altogether different. Oh, and the fact that Monopoly doesn't allow decapitation every time someone lands on your hotel property. It got so bad that Patricia Poling, mother of one of the suicide victims that Darius mentioned, started an organization called Bothered About Dungeons and Dragons, or Bad to Very Death. Good. Get the fuck out <laughs> of here. That started in 1983. It spread to Canada, England, Australia. They gave lectures all across the United States. Unfortunately for polling, the evidence just wasn't there, and her research was widely debunked. She died in 1997, and BAD was dissolved shortly after. Luckily, by that time, we could start blaming video games. Whew. Well, thank God for that. But through, Ooh, all, <laughs> but through all the negative attention, D&D remained popular. Steve, hit us with a study show. <clears throat> Studies show. According to DungeonVault.com, whose editor is in touch with D&D publishers Wizards of the Coast, there are an estimated 3 million tabletop dungeon masters worldwide. And there are an estimated 13.7 million active tabletop D&D players. That's a lot. That is pretty big, right? And though the majority of the D&D players are men, uh, women started to jump into the scene as well. And, and there's a stereotypical persona that D&D players have to be these geeky little introverts who lack any kind of social skills. But like that, us. That's it, right. <laughs> but that is just not true. The list of celebrity personalities that have openly admitted they love the game, uh, Joe Manganiello, Stephen Colbert, uh, Deborah Ann Wall, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, The Rock, Elon Musk, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Steven Spielberg, and many others. As long as you're stable enough to separate fantasy from reality, D&D can give you the break from your everyday monotony into a dream world of barbarians, fighters, sorcerers, and wizards. Which leads me to this question, are we brave enough to give this a try? I'm let's, in. Let's do it. I'm in. Yeah, I mean, only one way to find out, right? Good. Because our guest tonight is a new level dungeon master for Dungeons & Dragons. In February, she actually quit her job to begin playing the game full time. You can watch her in action in her all-female D&D crew on her live stream Twitch channel, Roll for Damage. She also runs a D&D Discord community called Axis Tavern. Please welcome on the show our very first dungeon master, the lovely and talented Lily Tran. Lily, how are you tonight? I'm doing super well. How are you? Fantastic. You don't have a lot of time. I'm going to jump right in. First question. What is it about Dungeons & Dragons that made you quit your job to play the game full-time? So uh, it's a little funny because I have always wanted to be a fantasy author, like my entire life. I was like, I'm going to publish a fantasy novel. It's going to be amazing. And then I just ended up like in the social media world completely by accident. So I've done social media for like porn companies. I've done social media for e-cigarette companies. And then the past three years, I've been doing social media for cannabis companies. So I always had these like really weird niche things that had nothing to do with nerdiness or the fantasy world or anything um and then i discovered dungeons and dragons in november and i was like whoa i can actually like write fantasy stuff but then i can watch people like play in my world and like goof around with it and then i was like 
I love weed, but I don't want to like just do weed anymore. <laughs> like this is way better. So I was just like, yep, it's time to leave that and see what I can do in this world. All right. So women who play D and D are scarce. I think the scary stereotype is, you know, it's boys in their mom's basement playing, you know, why do you think it is that, uh, you know, it's perceived more as a male thing. Um, and do you think you, do you see that changing? Uh, absolutely. So, the thing about Dungeons and Dragons is it's gone through a really interesting evolution. So originally back when it was like in the coming out in the eighties, really early days, it was super, super, super heavy into mechanics and math and numbers. And just like, it was like truly deep into the world of nerdiness and geekdom. And also I think back in those days, I wasn't alive in those days, to be honest, but I think back in those days, uh, there was a bit more of a stigma around being a nerd. So like, it just ended up being more males because women just weren't really into it. But now, especially with the coming out of like fifth edition and as well as like Dungeons and Dragons is now making a huge effort to be more inclusive, not only with women, but like the LGBTQ community. So I think that it's really like evolved into now a place where there's a lot more creativity. The mechanics of the game are a lot easier to go through and like easier to digest instead of being like, okay, you need to look up this table where you have to like seven different numbers that you have to add together but you have to like exclude this number now it's just like roll this one dice that you have and add a number uh, and it's a lot easier so i brought my slide rule for nothing <laughs> <laughs> that's never for nothing you slide rule. never great, apologize great answer so some believe that dungeons and dragons is the gateway into evil and satanic worship do you even remotely think that's true at all? <laughs> um, well, I mean, given that you guys just heard my kind of like biography of working in e-cigarettes, weed, and porn. Uh, <laughs> all of the evil. <laughs> all of the evil. <laughs> all of the evil in the world. But uh, absolutely, I think that that's like completely false. And, you know, a lot of satanic panic from like the 80s, that's just not even relevant anymore. Like all I've ever experienced from D&D is a really warm, welcoming community, a bunch of inclusivity, and just, like, amazing creativity. And there's nothing evil about that, in my opinion. So if we asked nicely, would you please DM a game for us right now? Uh, yeah, but I need to see you ask nicely first. <laughs> oh! oh. 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 d you got to say please. She's right. That wasn't Darius, very ask nice. nicely, please. I, <laughs> ask nicely. Would you pretty please... Darius, would you, use your words. Would you pretty please... <laughs> If your voice goes up, it's nicer. <laughs> a big inflection on your voice. <laughs> Apparently, Count Chocula is asking you to DM a game for us right now. <laughs> Steve, you feel your body transforming as you're portaled away into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. You extend up very tall into this ginormous beast uh, of a Goliath. Uh, you feel a rage overtaking you as you evolve into a new class, a barbarian, in fact, carrying a mighty great axe with burning silver eyes and a big scowl on your face. Darius, you find yourself becoming uh, a lot younger looking. And, uh, <laughs> uh, growing these really cool sort of uh, uh, twisted uh, hair 
uh, coming out of your head, your clothes extend and drape down into these magnificent wizard robes, and suddenly you feel this rush of magical power seeping through your entire body. Uh, you can almost channel it. Almost, not quite, but soon. Pat, you grow a magnificent mustache. It is luxurious <laughs> as fuck. Uh, you kind of get a little shorter, a little shorter, but your clothes become ever so fabulous as you morph into a new bard. You feel musical energy emanating from you in every sense, and suddenly your charisma has just improved dramatically. Last but not least, Sean the Drunk. <laughs> You feel yourself shrinking down into a tiny being. You are now about four feet tall uh, with crazy big eyes and this crazy smile. At your side, you have two short swords as you realize that you are a rogue halfling. <laughs> All right, Lily. I'm pretty angry right now, so. Set the scene. All right, so I will start off by saying that this is a very custom sort of game of Dungeons and Dragons that we've done here to make it super short and simple for our podcast. Uh, you are all now, you were transported from the living room that you're currently sitting in and into a tavern. Suddenly, you look at the people around you sitting at the table and you're like, hey, we've known each other for years. And your memories sort of unblur and unwind into a whole, you forget all of the past of being in, what was that place, America? You don't even know. What is that? Suddenly you're like, I've been in this world forever. These are my friends that I've been adventuring with for years. Uh, and you look at each other and you raise a toast and you drink from your drinks, ready to embark on the next adventure. As you finish taking that glug from your mug, a strange little creature sort of tiptoes into the tavern next to you. It's, it's only about, it's about Sean's height. He's like four feet tall. <laughs> uh, and he just comes over to the table, barely even making it over like the top of the table. And he peers up at you and says, Ah, you are the adventurers I have been seeking. Yes, I recognize you. I have heard of you. I have a certain mission for all of you from my master. His name is Wyvern the Wizard, and he requests your presence in his chambers. He waves a hand behind him, and as he raises that hand, a portal just sort of like opens up in the dimension, uh, sort of like zipping out from like the blank space that was there. And he says, if you wish to join me, there are many riches to be had upon this journey and adventure. All you must do is step through the portal. Well, what, what do you think? Do step through. Do yeah. Step through. Step through. What else are we going to do? We're adventurers. Yeah. is what we do. Yeah. yeah. And plus, Uber is like super expensive at this hour. <laughs> let's, let's hit the portal. Yeah, We're going to hit the portal. portal. Cool. You all step through the portal. Uh, and you all end up in what looks like a very rich study. Standing in the middle of the room is another wizard, but this one looks uh, much older than Darius. Uh, it's a tall man with a, a long white beard um, that he kind of just strokes casually as he watches you all stumble out through the portal. Uh, Sean, just for fun, because you have skill in acrobatics, I would like you to roll me an acrobatics check. I rolled a 15. Sweet. So you're going to check your character sheet, and you'll see there it says acrobatics, and you're going to add that number to your roll. 
Acrobatics is a plus two, giving me 17. So everyone else just kind of stumbles through the, the portal, kind of like shaking themselves off from that gooey uh, jello feeling. Uh, you guys look back, and Sean does a full out front flip through the portal, <laughs> landing spryly on his feet. The wizard nods at you as you uh, make that landing, and he just goes, oh, such dramatics, always with yep. the hat. Always. <laughs> Dr. Nasser said he loved it. I do not know who that wow. is, but I'm no, sure Sean. they do. That is not okay. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, he continues, I am Wyvern, the wizard, all-powerful. I have brought you here today, as you know, to request your aid in something. He waves a hand in the air, and this time a portal doesn't appear, but it's sort of like a, just like an image floating in the air of a tower. It's like a magnificent-looking blackstone tower that seems to just rise up above the trees uh, with all these vines winding around it. And he says, I created this tower. Isn't it beautiful? I think it's beautiful, and obviously my opinion is most important. But unfortunately, during the enchanting of this tower, something went a little awry. Uh, I won't get into too many details, but essentially the tower was made to teleport people. Just similar in the way this portal works. However, as I was doing the enchantment, a bunch of riffraff from other planes of existence just infiltrated the tower, and now they're all squatting there like a bunch of ruffians, and I'm not able to get them out. I don't have time, and I also don't generally speak to people who have less money than I do. So, if you could... Uh, if you could just deal with them for me, I would be most grateful. Get them. I don't know. It sounds like a lot of Get work. No, I'm in. You're in? Yeah, I'm barbarians in. in. I'm in. What are we about it to is do? a lot of work, but I will. I assure you, I can provide you with many gold and riches and magical trinkets, whatever your heart desires. You had me at trinkets. Okay. We're in. Yeah, we're getting paid. I'll yeah. get trinkets. Wizard. Trinkets was the last word that I said, so... <laughs> It took a while for you to get us, but you got me. <laughs> um, so he kind of like nods and is like, all right, awesome. Uh, he sits down in another like big armchair that's facing the semicircle of you guys sitting there. And he says, once you have defeated the four enemies, you will be teleported out of the tower and back here so that I can reward you properly. Now, if you... Do not manage to defeat an enemy. Unfortunately, you will then be teleported to where they originally came from. Canada? So do... Oh, <laughs> all over. Oh. I haven't heard of this Canada, oh, but right, I hear it's an amazing place. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I think we're still in, right, guys? We're in? Yeah. All right. Yeah, man. Trinkets. Let's do this for the trinkets. Perfect. Perfect. So, first of all, I give this to you, Darius. He sort of like snaps his finger in the air and this glowing orb appears in his hand and he hands it to Darius. Uh, Darius, this orb allows you to see into the future somewhat. Please roll me a d20. Three. That is That's not good. That's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Damn good. it, Darius. What this 
orb does is you see into the future. You see the number three hovering in that orb. You don't know what it means, but you know that at some point when you make an attack roll, saving throw, or ability check, you can replace that number with the number three. <laughs> oh, sweet. I don't know why you would want to do that, but that is what it does. Oh, that's terrible. Uh... You know what? Because this, I did modify this spell a little bit just for you. It's technically supposed to be two numbers on a d20, so roll me another number. All right, I'll roll. Oh, look, oh, let's go for, roll. A, let's go for a one this time, Darius. <laughs> let me, let me uh, get a little higher number there. Twelve. Twelve. Okay. A little better. All right. So you can replace any of your rolls with either a three or a twelve one time. Right, that though? Perfect. Uh, he turns to Pat, the bard, and he gives him a, a strange little, like, it's like a miniature drum set with a little symbol on the side of it. And he hands it to you and he says, Pat, the droll, your humor has been heard of across the lands. With this instrument, you will be able to insult people. Oh, oh no! And then I can give, give myself him a rim shot after. <laughs> Of course, you can insult people at your leisure, but when you do it with this particular magical item, it will then detract from your enemy and distract them. Uh, mechanically, that means whenever a creature makes an attack or ability check, you can use this item, insult them, and it will minus a roll from their number. Oh, nice. Uh, he then turns to uh, Steve, the strong, and he says, uh, Steve, I can barely lift up this great axe, but can you please come fetch it? And he motions to a great axe that's leaning up against his chair. This great axe, you might feel the energy coursing through you, but this great axe gives you a special kind of rage and it will infiltrate your entire body, making you do much more damage. However, when you use it, there will be more attacks against you on your next turn. You got to keep that in mind. Yeah. Choose so wisely. A, Steve the Strong. Special axe. You also got to be Steve the Smart. It's yes. just it's yeah. a lot. Mm, of, that's a lot to think about. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, Sean the Drunk. <laughs> I give this to you, and it is uh, like a dagger, but on the bottom of the dagger is like a little shot glass and he says <laughs> perfect this is a special one for you sean uh basically you can use it to assassinate people you're very familiar with assassinating people you can also use it to assassinate yourself and give yourself a little shot while you're out here's a little bottle of whiskey enjoy your ah. time. Oh, thank you thank you so much i am a magnanimous wizard so, whenever you're ready, uh, let's see here. Oh, I almost forgot. He reaches into his robe and pulls out uh, what looks like a thin notebook, just like a very ordinary-looking notebook, and he hands it to whoever takes it. Sean. St okay, I'll take it. I got it. Thank you. That's a bad idea. Drunk. <laughs> uh, uh, what is this notebook, Magnificent Wizard? If you open it up, you see that the notebook is completely blank and you're kind of a little bit confused. And Wyvert continues and he says, this notebook will help you identify the riffraff that you are fighting, letting you know their strengths and weaknesses so that you are not ill-prepared as it seems as though you are, but you will be less ill-prepared. So where do we go from here, wizard? All right, if you are prepared to go on your journey, he waves a hand and the whole like wall behind him sort of turns into that shimmering portal that you saw before and he says, 
step through and prove your worth. All right, so as you all get through the portal, uh, you narrowly avoid stepping on Sean, who has just fallen uh, flat on his back, but you make it over. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! You are standing in a room. Let's see, which room are you in? You are in an empty room. There's nothing here that you can see, but then as you kind of like take a couple steps forward, you see this strange shimmering in the air. Uh, this would be the time now for somebody to make, you can make either a perception check or an arcana check. Arcana basically being like knowledge of magic, uh, or investigation. I say we go for Darius. Darius is plus four. Plus four. Darius, make a roll. All of your friends push you forward, Darius, as (laughs) they are scared by the shimmering light. Get up there. He rolled a 13. 13. Perfect. So plus four. 17. Excellent. You grab at that shimmering light and kind of pull it. And it's almost like you're pulling down a curtain. Standing behind it is a strange construct that none of you have really recognized. It appears to be made out of metal. It has these really strange like tracks that roll over the top of its body and down and around. And along the side of its back, uh, you're able to see that there is a word written on it that you don't recognize. Uh, it says Kennywood. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because you're the five work at Kennywood. Yes. Uh, as the illusion slips away, um, do you guys want to pull out that notebook and find out more about this thing? Yeah. yeah. Sean, pull out your notebook. Pat has so the notebook. You, you open it up, you point it at this uh, device, and you hear that voice in your head. Keep in mind, only you can hear this voice. Your friends do not. So you hear the voice just say, um, this appears to be some kind of Kennywood robot from a theme park. It has weaknesses to sneaking. There is a button on the back to deactivate it. It also does much bludgeoning damage. Try not to let it hit you. That's that's good advice. So, um, you know, Sean, being an assassin, I think maybe you should try and sneak up behind it. There's a button on the back that if you press it, it will deactivate it. A yeah. button on the back. Good job, Sean. Yeah, you're the short guy. Okay. Are we all agree that I should do this because I'm a little shit? Deactivate this shit. Okay. Yeah, deactivate it. The robot has just been standing immobile. Um... As you move towards it, uh, it kind of like blinks its eyes on, and you hear this voice just rumble out and says, Step right up, ride the world's greatest roller coaster. <laughs> Come to Kennywood Park. Terrence, maybe you should do this. Okay, we all, we all agreed. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. Do it. Advantage. Fifth. 16. That's 18, 18 dude. Excuse me, 18, 18. 18. Your eyes are great. <laughs> so are you trying to attack it, or would you like to try and press that button? I would like to push that button, please. Okay, cool. So it sees you coming, and it's going to try and dodge oh, out of shit. the way. Uh, it, did you roll your dice twice? No, I did not. Sorry. Okay, do that again, because you're rolling at advantage Correct. to assassinate it. Sorry, 18 and a 20. Ooh, 20! Not 20. So this is what we call a crit. So you, normally nice. if you're doing an attack, this would double your damage, but because you're just trying to get in there and push that button, you automatically succeed. Boom. Uh, Boom. It's Boom. And it kind of like swings an arm down to take a swipe at you, but you just like duck under it, under the way, and you just like sidle up to it. You see that big red button. 
and you poke it, and it just goes. Yeah! <laughs> you guys are what? You did something. That's how we do it around here. You did the thing. Uh, you guys all do your high fives and uh, funness, and then that robot just kind of like collapses into itself, into a portal. There's a new portal there before you. Uh, you take it to mean that this will lead you to the next floor all of the right. tower. Are we going in? I'm we taking, going in? I'm taking a go. shot out of my dagger. I'll follow you guys. You're in the portal? <laughs> Absolutely. Portal. Cheers. In the portal. In the portal. Let's go. Uh, you guys are now in the next level of the room. It looks like the exact same room again. However, this time, standing before you... Uh, is a large man, but it's unlike any man you've seen before. It's like he's wearing like a bunch of really tight spandex thing. He has no shirt on. Oh, it is uh, there's like a large, like <laughs> cascading, like mane of blonde hair behind him, and he just says, uh, "I am Destructor, the greatest pro wrestler in all the lands." I'm going for it. Oh, wait, did you guys not want to use the notebook? Oh. He's just, like, shit-talking you. Oh. <laughs> oh what, we can't? You guys give yeah, up way too Let's use the notebook. Oh, my let's God. Use Definitely notebook. use the notebook, then. Let's use the notebook. Oh. Uh, Steve, hand the notebook to Steve, please. Destructor. Class. Po pro wrestler. Weaknesses. Has a fondness for selfies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, Steve, we can't read the notebook. What did it say? It, the uh, destructor has a fondness for selfies. Selfies, like at the gymnasium? Like, yeah. Uh, just for funsies? Oh, like he's doing a set of mirrors. <laughs> so, Saying sounds like a real dick. Destructor. Yes, Steve. I have my camera phone here. OMG. If, <laughs> if I take my shirt off and get in a picture with you, is that okay? Absolutely. Genius. Please yeah. take Genius. Oh, Let's to, do it. And way to get informed consent, Steve. Good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hashtag YouTube. <buddy. laughs> so what you're going to do is you're going to go into that reckless rage. Seeing that camera flash go off, it triggers your special ability. And you're just like, oh, I must defeat this new enemy. So Hell you're going to yeah. roll, uh, roll 2d20. Take the higher number. Okay. Take him down, Steve. Oh, an eight's not good. Eight's eight. not good. <laughs> not, not great. It's not a three, though. And a two. You're, oh. go, you're going oh. With the eight. We'll go with the eight. Oh. We'll avenge you, Steve. <laughs> so you, that is a plus four because you're using your great axe. As you kind of like hover hands around you, you sneakily move your other hand to your great axe. You flip it out and you smash it into his face. Yeah. Uh, doesn't seem to really hit enough. him, oh, but no. he seems sort of like dazed for a turn as he stumbles back and he's like, Selfie's over! Time for fighting! <laughs> uh, and he's gonna roll an attack against you. Uh, he rolled the exact same number, funnily enough. So, basically, uh, what this number is, is it's going up against your armor class, which is 16. He rolled a 12, so he doesn't hit you either. He kind of like swings around and tries to smash his fist into your face, but you just like, roar back. Hell yeah. Come on, Steve. Come on. So I get to roll this get twice, Steve. right? Yep. And take that higher. 16. Come on, Steve. That was a good one. 10. So let's go with the 16. So that's a plus four. Wait, wait, wait plus. That is what I call a dirty 20. Oh! Hey. I've been there before, if you know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> I spent a few nights in jail because I'm dirty 21. So you take your great axe up, you bring it smashing down on his head. It lands solidly. You hear his skull crack underneath it. Let's Roll go. for damage. 
So you're gonna roll a D12. Come on, Steve. D12. Whoa, this is new. Plus six. Plus six on D12. Three. So nine. Nine damage. You smash it into him. You see that blood sort of like trickle out from underneath the the handle of your great axe, and he is just knocked unconscious. He falls to the ground, wiped out. Uh, and that portal appears again, eats him up into his body like Let's it, go. Like, he solves away, and the portal comes out again. Woo. Nice job. Nice, nice job. Nice work. nice work. Nice work. Nice work. Good job, guys. Both me. Okay. Uh, I say we go in the portal. You guys back in? Yeah, let's go. Portal. Let's go in. We got to finish this thing. All right. Go. So you go through the next portal, and here standing before you is a shimmering, like, goddess of ice it looks like it's almost like an ice statue jesus so loud who is this woman i think i dated her at least twice <laughs> i am renanda of the winter and you shall perish before my ice yeah i definitely dated her twice <laughs> yeah. It shoots a blast of ice at Darius. Darius, you feel it connect with you. Uh, it rolled a 19, so oh, that's shit. Sure. Oof. Uh, and it does. Fucking 19. Stop so roll for what damage. I will allow yes. you to do, Darius, is you can fire those magic missiles. Magic missiles just do like regular force damage, but you can roll the d20, and you have a 50% chance of harnessing fire energy into those attacks. Oh yeah, fire would be good against ice. It yeah. seems fire. like yeah, the fire and ice. Let's melt this yeah. bitch. Yeah, let's I, melt I've, this. I've read a science book. Let's once. melt this mofo. 17. <laughs> what a roll. Perfect. Nice. That's a great roll. You put that energy into that heat in your stomach. You combine that power of friendship with your fire. This time, instead of those little fire bolts that ping off from your fingers, it's a huge ball of fire that blasts into this ice elemental and knocks it backwards. <laughs> Screams in pain. You guys can't really see anything because it's just like this blur of steam and smoke in front of you. But as everything fades a moment later, you see all that's left is just that shimmering portal. Boom! Hey, that's right! I love these high fives every time you guys defeat an enemy. It's just... yeah, this is our first time. This is intense for us. You always <laughs> remember great. your first time. Yeah. Well, it sounds, hey. like, it sounds like we did it. Where do we go from here? I mean, there's a portal. I'm going in. There's I'm going in. One more. Let's go. You, you, you go in. I'll go in first because I'm, like, I'm Let's go. pretty good at these backflips. I'm going to backflip in. <laughs> cool. Acrobatics check again, please. Acrobatics check for me. <laughs> it's a 20. 20. 20. Oh, nice. Were oh, you ready for this you landing? <laughs> a triple backflip. <laughs> oh, my God. But you and spill your when whiskey. you land, you land in like a perfect like curtsy. Yeah, and yeah. into one of these. You, uh, as you do that and you rise from that curtsy, you see standing before you this like gorgeous woman. She's just like very, very uh, handsome in every way. Like this shimmering blonde hair, this curvy body. Uh, but her eyes as she looks upon you are just sort of dead, kind of like ice as she just sees your antics, sees this amazing like triple backflip through the uh, through the portal, and she just goes, hmm, these are things I have seen before. I am not impressed. Looks like you're a little bit Russian, eh? <laughs> <laughs>
All right, how do I defeat this? So I, I think we should uh, pull out the notebook. I think it's notebook time. Darius, you got Darius, your turn for the notebook. Fire it up. She watches you with this just like bemused expression on your face as you guys fumble for this notebook in the presence of her beauty. Right. You open it up. Uh, you hear in your mind uh, that voice that you hadn't heard before, and now it says, "Enemy is a cold lady." You must defeat her with laughter and warmth. Wow, that's you're me. Screwed, Sean. That's no, that's, that's me. You. It sounds like we have yeah, uh, our winner here. So those are my specialities. Yeah. So how do Pat we? Pat the troll. Pat the troll. So Pat. how do we get this guy involved? Good talker and getting drunk and passing out. Yeah, you Ooh. could do that. Yeah, I could put, put a nice to do shot. Put a nice blanket Sean. over. Could drink Sean's whiskey. How much? Yeah. What's your ability in deportation? I feel like we could push <laughs> her back. <laughs> uh, it says plus Trump. <laughs> All right, let's see if we can get it on the other side of the wall. What do you oh say? God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, we're going to use the persuasion because that's our weakness, Pat. You gotta, uh, how do we do that? I always re-roll it if it goes off the table. Thank you. Six. I think we're going to have a fight on our hands, boys. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, she listens to your hearty plea, and she just says, I have no intention of leaving. Here it is very comfortable for me. If you like, you can stay, though. Or I can just subdue you and make you my little pet. Oh, oh. Uh, and she attacks you. Oh. And Uh-oh. she actually rolled a crit against you. <laughs> so, uh, oh my god. You weren't expecting it because you were just sort of like fumbling through the like, oh, we don't want to hurt you, lady. But, you know, like, <laughs> if you just like leave, then we won't have to. Quick as a whip, she pulls out this rapier, lunges in towards you, stabs it into your gut. Uh, she rolled a crit, so she has double her damage dice. And she does 12 damage to you. Pat. And, and I can't hurl an insult at her? <laughs> you can. You absolutely can. I'm yeah. so going to do that. What is your insult? Um, my insult is go back to Russia, you commie bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfect. So you will take a 1d6. <laughs> Hold on. Fighting a d6. Which is the square one, the little cube. Uh, yep. That's the regular dice, yeah. Uh-huh. And you will roll that? One more crit, she hacks the election. It's a five. Five. Perfect. So that means that she does not crit you, and she she still hits you, but it's only one damage dice now. And she just says, this is getting very uh, tiring for me. I must be dealing with better things here. Do you not have someone who can kill me? You said there were four of you and one of me. So far, it does not seem to be very successful. Wizard. Darius, are you feeling it? Are you you feeling this attack? I'm feeling this attack. I'm going to throw that missile out there. Do it to it, D-Man. No, we got them both. Four. 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 So ten. Ten. This time, uh, you guys, like, you know, wizards, you all know that wizards tend to be kind of, like, squishy and whatever. But as she kind of, like, does that taunt and is like, is there nobody here who can kill me? Darius is like, I can kill you. I can. <laughs> I got this. I got this. I got this, guys. I got this. Again, that sounds exactly right. I know. You're, you're killing <laughs> And then pew, 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 those magic missiles go off. They kind of, like, it's like the most beautiful epic death ever. And they, like, blast into her. She falls back backwards in this like exceedingly graceful beautiful manner Just she still has that smirk on her face as she falls dead on the ground and the portal consumes her again yes got her Darius. hey god 
Nice job. Good job, D-Man. Yeah. I'll tell you, those Russian women are tough. Tough. Yeah. <laughs> that was a terrible high five. Yeah, I had to sit here and DeVito. You know, guys, that's, that's, my, DeVito? that's my fault. I should have tried to persuade her with vodka the first time. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think about it. Is that how and the story ends? It's Dungeons and Dragons, kind of. That, that was fun. Was yeah. fantastic. That was so much fun. We've never done that before. I'm so glad you had. I had a good time with it too because it's like every time I play a new game with someone, it's like completely off the rails of like traditional D and love traditional D and D, but I love yeah. playing with new people because it's just like so creative and weird all the time. Tradition's was, fun, but, yeah. but this was a lot more fun and because of you. So thank you so much. That was so much no fun. No problem. That was, that was good for me, too. I'm you glad have, you guys had a good time. Do you have five more minutes? We play a game at the end of every episode called uh, Factor Fuck. Are you in? Yeah, totally. Can I use my magic missile whenever I miss a question? Terrence, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen enough of your magic missile for one night. If we're being <laughs> A 1982 television drama titled Mazes and Monsters touches on the idea that role-playing games can lead to psychological disorders. It stars Tom Hanks. I'm going to go with fact. Uh, I was going to say fact. It is a fact. Well done. Nice job. We're going to go to Steve. Steve, the co-creator <laughs> of Dungeons & Dragons, Gary Gygax, was once a door-to-door -door representative of the Jehovah's Witness Church. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to say fucked. Fucked. Lily? Uh, I'm going to say fact. That is a fact. Well done, Lily. Yes. Have you heard the good word? Gary Gygax, my real father. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that in front of, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. We all have daddy issues. <laughs> Darius. By the way, he's terrible at this. <laughs> Though Peter, Paul, and Mary's song, Puff the Magic <gasps> Dragon, was rumored to be about smoking marijuana, the song is actually about the heavenly adventures of Peter's dog, Mr. Puffles, who had died only three days prior to the song's birth. I'm going to go with, uh, fucked. Fucked. Lily? I'm also going to say fucked. That's fucked. That well, song should be about smoking marijuana. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Well done to both of you. Three I'm more. Wizard, I got this. Three more and let you go. Pat, in 1975, an early and very deliberate competitor of Dungeons and Dragons emerged with the fantasy role-playing game named Tunnels and Trolls. Fucked. Fucked. Lily. I'm gonna say fact. That is There's a, a lot of competitors. Fact. Damn it. Over that two is a fact. fact. That's fact. the second time this year you've gone over two. I don't want to talk about it, Steve. <laughs> two more. Steve. One of the original D&D characters was a cleric named Bickle, which was treated as a nod to Robert De Niro's character Travis Bickle in the 1976 classic Taxi Driver. I'm just going to say fucked. Fucked. I'm going to say fact. That is fucked. Well done, Steve. Oh, Steve. <laughs> hey, way to not be a nod. <laughs> for one, I'll take a one. All right. Last one, I'll not let you go. selfie face. Darius the wins. Let's go. <laughs> Last one, I'll let you go. Darius, in the 2015 movie The Last Witch Hunter, Actor Vin Diesel's character, Clodder, was partly based on his old D&D &D character, who was indeed a witch hunter. Fucked. Fucked. Lily? That is fact. That is a fact. That's a one I wow. really knew. So much guys, fun. That's wow. our show, everybody. Huge thank you to Lily Tran for coming on the show and being the perfect dungeon master. That was so much fun. Catch Lily on her Twitch channel, Roll for Damage, and join her D&D &D Discord community, Axis Tavern. I'll put those links in the show Can notes. Can you spell damage? Uh, Lily, good. Damage. 
D-A-M-E-A-G-E. Perfect. Damage. <laughs> like wow, it's like on ESPN. Uh, uh, and you just won first prize. And no bell went off, so she spelled it correctly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will put those links in the show notes for you. Lily, would you like to say goodbye to everyone who loves you out there? Uh, yes, goodbye to all of my friends and fans and anyone who's listening to it. Thank you. I really hope you get to play some D&D because it's an amazing game. I highly recommend it for literally everybody. It's amazing. And if you want to hear, thank you guys for having me. Cause it was super fun. Of course, it was, it was so much yes. fun. If you want to hear more episodes like this, go to weekendsuperheroes.com or search for Weekend Superheroes wherever you get your podcast. Please keep up with the superheroes on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Pat, say goodbye. Goodbye, dragons. Steve, I'm gonna elect to say goodbye and roll a nine. <laughs> so that's I don't get to say goodbye. Nope, sorry, <laughs> Darius. Would you like to say goodbye? I'm going to say goodbye to everybody, especially the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and, always, and always remember to podcast responsibly.